Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Stewsdays. Uh, Stewsdays close to the uh, to the holiday season. Uh, Stu, you, uh, I, I imagine, and I think most of the listeners would would guess that you're you're kind of a buy the buy everything early, very prepared, go to the mall with a list, <laughs> check it once, check it twice, uh, and 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 get it done. And laugh at all the others that that are hustling around, can't find a parking spot at the mall. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit of both actually. Like I like to get a few on board early, and then you kind of settle in and feel good. And then all of a sudden, it's like you know Christmas Eve, and you're like, you know, not that like I help Santa fill the stockings, of course, but uh, you know the stockings often get left right till the end. So, uh, but uh, you know, for our younger listeners, of course, that's just I'm helping Santa. That, that that that's right as as uh, as as I do as well and uh, and and have for many years very very uh, very solid helper yep. and, uh, and 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 the nice thing is uh, Santa feels like he's around someone that uh, you know of similar girth to him <laughs> when he's hanging out with me I've got the uh, I, I can't quite do the beard that he's got but I can uh, I, I I do have the belly <laughs> so that's uh, and and ne- never never missed a cookie yeah. Which, uh, which actually, we've got some baked goods around the office today, which is uh, which is nice. Sorry, we can't share them with the listeners. I'm sure they they've got their own baked goods. One of my one of my favorite sayings from my mom: If I get a little uh, enthused at, enthusiastic with myself, she'll say, "You're too big for your britches." So, uh, <laughs> which always also makes me think of Santa. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm literally too big for my britches right now. <laughs> although, the, although the pneumonia take. Uh, Kick the uh, kick kick the appetite out for a bit. So I'm 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 down five. But let's uh, let's uh, let's not uh, let's not get too much uh, off topic because uh, speaking of well speaking of inflation uh, on an individual level uh, and at Santa Claus level, uh, we we had actually some good news on the inflation front uh, today. We're taping this on uh, Tuesday, uh, the 13th of December. And uh, the report out of the U.S. today on uh, on consumer prices was uh, was was quite, I, you know sort of sort of what we thought was going to happen, but maybe in a little bit better than than what we even expected, right, Stu? Yeah, no, I think that's one hundred percent correct. Uh, and you know, the metrics within also were uh, reasonably solid. It was you know core inflation, headline inflation. Um, you know, when you're you know what people are very focused on the month o- month over month change right now because. You're still seeing like a large year-over-year change, but the month over month over month has really, you know, come down. And if we kind of annualized what we're seeing month over month into the next twelve months, you're you're not far off, uh, you know, kind of three-ish percent type thing. So, um, you know, so people took that to be quite encouraging. Uh, it's been a major focus of central banks to to get that headed in the right direction. Um, so, uh, you know, so. We had a very strong open to the stock market uh, today. Uh, it's settled in a little bit. Uh, we do have the central bankers, uh, most notably uh, Chairman Powell, speaking tomorrow. And there's, you know, there's always a little angst. Uh, you know, in the near term, he's likely to continue to be a little hawkish. He wants it to see, uh, you know, back in the jar with the lid on, not just back in the jar, so to speak. Um, you know, so uh, you know, so that's one thing that markets have on their mind and. Um, you know, so we, you know, I think since we last talked, everything's kind of the same with a little bit of volatility. Interest rates are definitely lower. That's one thing. And, uh, you know, I think interestingly today, like, you know, for a while when we were seeing, uh, inflation data, um, 
you know, start to improve, the 10-year bond kind of sniffed that out early. Uh, the 10-year the bond started to come down. And, uh, you know, today we have uh, some changes in some shorter term interest rates, which speaks more to the kind of duration of the tightening cycle. So, you know, that's the second element, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll listen. Uh, we'll listen tomorrow, of course. Yeah. And, and uh, a, a couple of things that I was I was looking at over the last couple of days, just in terms of, of and, and, and we, we, we talked about this uh, earlier in the year on on a couple of the episodes, just the idea that. That things, once things bottom out, they bounce back very quickly. And of course, we're not uh, we're, we're not here calling a bottom or uh, or, or saying that the, the the worst is completely behind us. However, when if I'm looking at a, a diversified bond portfolio, so I just took a diversified bond portfolio that I track on a regular basis, which to October twentieth was down fifteen point eight percent on the year, uh, and 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 again, it's, it's been the worst bond market since seventeen eighty. So none of us have been alive for a bond market like this. This is a this has been a really really extreme year on the fixed income side. That portfolio in the six weeks since is up about seven and a half percent. Similarly, a forty sixty portfolio, so forty percent equity, sixty percent bonds. Same thing to October twentieth. So again, just another portfolio that I track. Uh, that's uh, uh, available out in the public. Uh, it was down fourteen point four. To October twentieth, and is also up seven and a half percent in the six weeks since. So we we've seen that for again for more conservative investors. I think I think what we find is a lot of of more equity or growth oriented investors kind of get what happens with equities with stocks over time. That you're going to see that volatility, you're going to see corrections, and then, then you see things come back, and and that it's that risk uh, that that gives you the greater reward over time. But you, you, you do it with a bumpier ride. Fixed income, though, and more conservative investors tend not to like this. They go, hey, this is not part of the bargain uh, that I was looking for. So this year has been extremely unusual for them. And it all has to do with the Fed. It all has to do with inflation. It all has to do with central banks around the world trying to crush inflation, raising interest rates, which raises the whole curve, and that's what's caused this damage in the bond market. So it's so it's nice to see a bit of a comeback, and it's nice to see, in terms of the scenario that we've talked about, that we think is the most likely to play out, that that, that you're starting to see those rates roll over as inflation has 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 shown some signs now of rolling over as well. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and and um, you know, you you can look at long term charts, and you can see the pathways that are normally followed. And then, you know, we talk every day, we talk every week, a lot of people look every day, you know, so when you sit there and you say, well, you know, you go back through time, inflation peaks, then interest rates peak eight to 12 months later, then, you know, some period after that, the yield curve goes from having the, the negative slope that it has right now, or an inverted yield curve back to a positive yield curve as money is injected back into the system eventually once inflation has been slayed, you know, that can take some time after you know, so you kind of have this succession, like you can see it on a long-term chart. You look at the data points and you're like, okay, that happens and that happens and that happens. And everyone kind of is generally aware that that's the pathway, but it doesn't happen day to day, bang to bang, right? So, um, so you know, so far, uh, you know, a couple of things that we've noted along the way is that, uh, you know, repeatedly, uh, you know, CEOs have told us that this is different than, like, say, the financial crisis, like this is more of a, of a slowdown, uh, you know, type uh, environment versus, uh, you know, this kind of really acute crunch. 
you know, so if if the playbook holds and inflation peaked, you know, call it early this summer, uh, you know, we're we're hopefully getting into the area where interest rates have peaked. Um, you know, we'll we'll look for you know the yield curve. You know, eventually when the when the when the Federal Reserve or central banks are done, and then they'll start talking about even easing financial conditions. The yield curve will go back towards a positive slope, and in the equity market, we'll be looking for what we call early cycle uh, stocks. You know, things that benefit uh, as uh, interest rates turn: housing, auto, capital markets, versus some of the uh, you know maybe later cycle stuff that you know benefits uh, from safety, uh, benefits uh, you know from higher interest rates and things like this. So, so uh, you know, there's you know there's playbooks. Uh, you know, all, all occasions have uh, playbooks and, uh, you know, we're busy studying them and there's there's often a lot of overlap uh, at different times. There's always a little nuance, but uh, a lot of overlap and and uh, and, we, and we'll look at those uh, pretty diligently here. Um, as I say, they, they, you know, you tend to kind of get the playbook in your head and then you're like, why isn't it happening tomorrow? And uh, they do take a bit of time. Yeah, but 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 there, there, there is an art to this. And I and, uh, you know, I, I, know, I know for you, you've, you've now been through. Uh, in in your career, but six or seven cycles now, right? Or for five 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 clear cycles. Anyways. Oh, anyways, yeah, like uh, yeah. I remember sitting when I first started. I you know I was just about uh, eighteen months in, and I was sitting on the bond desk during the Asian crisis. Uh, you know, so you know we've been all, we've been through all sorts of things, um, which uh, you know helps helps uh, from a grounding standpoint. Uh, uh, you know, one of my favorite. You know, as you know, I got a bunch of comments on my on my wall here. Uh, quotes that I like. And one of my favorites is there's old portfolio managers and bold portfolio managers, but not a lot of old, bold portfolio managers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, there is a, you know, the consistency of applying the, the discipline of an investment process and trying to keep everything in perspective at all times, uh, you know, is pretty helpful over, over, over long haul. Now, now one, one of the things that you, you, you pretty much never waver from is, is a belief in, in dividend payers and particularly dividend growers. Uh, over time, uh, we, we, we've seen dividend stocks do particularly well. And, and if, if we're looking at the Canadian setting, you know, some of that has to do with the with the makeup of the Canadian market and that you've got those energy producers, you've got banks. These are things that have, have been uh, those are areas that have been strong re- on a relative basis in some way on, on their own. Uh, but dividend stocks have done fairly well through this inflationary period as, as, as we move towards uh, the, the the next phase of the cycle where inflation's topped out and starts to roll down. Same thing with interest rates. Uh, do, do dividend stocks continue to hold up, or uh, do, do they become less favored in in the environment that we're heading to over the next twelve months? Well, you know, like that belief in dividend stocks is a combination of two things. It's not just outright high dividends. It's a combination of an attractive current yield and dividend growth over time. So at different parts of the cycle. Uh, you know, some stocks that pay out very high yields that don't grow very much do the heavy lifting. And at other times in the cycle, maybe a, a bit more of a lower yield, but dividend growth uh, comes to the fore. So, you know, the, the attractive thing about dividend stocks is, you know, by and large, you have mature companies that still grow. You have this cash flow that comes out of the business. They take a portion of that cash flow and they give it back to you. And then they reinvest the other portion of that cash flow on your behalf. Sometimes they buy back stock, sometimes they make investments, sometimes they do M&A. And those investments keep the business chugging along. So 
you know, in, in, a, in a normal period of time, if I had a, a stock that yielded, uh, you know, say four, four percent or three and a half, four and a half percent, something like that. And, uh, you know, they could grow their dividends at, say, five percent. Right. That would be twice as much of inflation. So, you know, as as a long term investor, you know, I really like that box. Uh, you know, I'm going to leave that box on the side of my desk for some time. And the purchasing power of my money when I go to retire should be nicely ahead of it should it should have grown and be nicely ahead of inflation. So, you know, that's that's certainly appealing to, uh, to you know, to someone like me. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, I love I love investment processes where, you know, the, the main ingredient is time. Like if I if I leave that strategy for a long period of time, I know it's going to work out. I'm not, you know, always depending on just a specific catalyst or, you know, growth in a new market or something. Those are always interesting investments, too. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the the machine that I just like to leave on the side of my desk and let it uh, let it roll for a long period of time is that dividend and dividend growth strategy. Excellent. Well, uh, I, I, I can see what you've got on the side of your desk today are uh, our Christmas goodies. So uh, you, 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 you got to watch that because uh, I, I know uh, I know the one cycle I can count on <laughs> I don't know if it's the same for you, is that I my, my weight peaks right in around New Year's. And then I then I then I've got my uh, my winter and springtime rush to uh, bikini season where I've got to look sharp in my uh, in my speedo. And, uh, and, and so I gotta, I gotta take the weight off. Uh, well, that, that so, goes uh, back to another part of it, but you don't buy pants at Christmas time. Cause you're not, that's not, that's <laughs> not normalized. So, so, so no, no, no pants for me, uh, when, when you're out shopping. Eh? <laughs> that's great. I'll, I'll look for a different gift. Yep. That's right. Excellent. Well, that was a, uh, that was a fantastic, uh, synopsis of, uh, of what we're seeing on inflation and then bringing it back again to that area of expertise and an area that I know a lot of the, uh, uh, the listeners uh, like like to focus on in, in their investment portfolio. So, Stu, uh, thanks again. Good luck with the uh, the rest of your holiday shopping. And I think uh, I'm not sure if we're if we're going to get another one in this year. So, if I don't see you, happy holidays and happy new year. And we'll see you uh, early in uh, 2023 uh, to get your perspective on what next year is going to look like. Great. Uh, thanks very much, Dave, and all the best to you and your family. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.